Welcome, Walljangers. It has been a while, but we are back, of course, in, oh man, triangular fashion, none other than the Triforce Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Bucarell, the Batman. To my left is Katarina Thermoscara, one of a woman. And below me, but still above me, is one Christopher Bristow, the old man. As it should be. As always, all around us is omnipotent presence that is Stephen Bucarell, big brother. And, of course, we want you to hop over to Facebook.com backslash TriforcePod to get all of our latest content. Hop on over to PJANEWH.com to find all of our content, including lug nuts, as well as all of our goodies. And then, once more, we want you to hop on over to our Spotify. Just search PJANEWH, and that's where you, like Katarina, are going to help support the podcast. She's not on. She is always listening. Yeah. (laughs) So we start off this podcast the same damn way. Tonight, Marvel's director delay shuffle. The doctor gets a regeneration date. Longest game in development and so much more on the Triforce podcast. But we're going to start on off with our first story, which is a linked kind of story. We start off on the DC side because DC is making an unprecedented new subscription tier that lets you read new comics only a month after release. So Wait, you can't read it after that? Well, no, I mean, that's when they're available. You can only read it for a month, and that's it. Get it now! Read! I'm like, that that, that plan sucks. (laughs) It's DC Universe's Infinite Ultra. They're making you go plus ultra. Um, Essentially, what I read from this is, yeah, you're getting that ultimate tier to where if you're already a D uh, subscribed to the DC infinite, if you upgrade, you actually get some, uh, some bennies there. Um, but the ultra tier will be available at a discounted introductory price of 99 us dollars for a year's subscription, which works out to be about like eight, nine bucks. Right. And then, uh, until November 28th, the press release says, and then it won't be the discount right after that, DC says. Like, you're going to pay after that. So get it now while it's hot. Um, starting Drop in November, it like 5,000 graphic novels from DC's library will be made available on the app exclusively on the Ultra tier. And the subscription uh, subscribers who upgraded will also become eligible to receive a physical copy of an upcoming comic collection with su- while supplies last uh beginning with the version of the death of superman 30th anniversary deluxe edition adorned with the ultra ultra tier exclusive variant cover by ivan reyes which is absolutely stunning of just superman decking doomsday as we see here um super super awesome i love the fact that you know the basic basic su- subscription tier is seventy five dollars, and you gain access really? to those new comics after six months 
after their release. And they have plans to uh, add titles for uh, for all age uh, all ages graphic novel line, including books like uh, Cami Garcia and Gabriel P- uh, Piccolo's uh, YA Teen Titan series and Har- the Harvey Award nominated Nubia Real One and over a hundred classic issues of Mad Magazine to all subscription tiers. So that's the first half of this story. Because you have DC. Now, uh, now I kind of feel like a month after release is really good if you are a comic fan. Because if you want these new comic storylines, then like eight bucks a month. You save up eight bucks a month. Like, all right, now you have a year's worth subscription. It's probably going to be like 15 bucks a month once that special offer is done. And you get a comics, brand new comics, a month after they're released, and you're up to date. You also have access to all of those other comics. And then you have Marvel. Marvel, not Marvel. And Wonderful stuff. It's white. It's got these uh, <laughs> things, striations through it. Pick it up for, for your local tops. kitchen. <laughs> they have installers. They'll put it right on the counter. Countertops, floors. Have a little bit more lemon Com- Columns, if you're totally. Greek or Roman. Um, but then you have Marvel and their side, and then you have Comicsology, and I'm sure that all three comic platforms have some certain kind of delay to when you get access to those available, you know, storylines, um, even to where with Comicsology, I'd imagine they're probably at like a six month window. Hey, hey Connor. Bro. Um, I imagine. Hey, I imagine that, you know, with this, Mar- uh, on Marvel's side, it's like, oh, I think Jesus. a three-month, uh, I think it's a three-month uh, gap between storyline and, uh, you know, release to the ultimate. So, there's that gap there to where DC stepping it up with the one-month release is a nice answer. <clears throat> but the other story we have on Marvel's side is Marvel's scrollable, phone-friendly comics Gam- their gamble is paying off because in uh, Big Brother, go to the story we have for Marvel Comics, the second one, and then scroll down until you see uh, the comic appear. And then, yeah, and then pop that on the main viewer. To where this, th- in this story, they do, it's Marvel Voices, and they have this, you know, special series to where they'll take B-level heroes and characters and add them into their own series like nature girl and wolverine you know you wouldn't think nature girl and wolverine would actually make a good comic but now you have this scrollable scroll down here to we can and you can kind of get a a idea as to what they're doing here and you can imagine looking at this on your phone and this is a comic book it's going panel by panel but it's just a continuous scroll for the whole thing there's no page breaks there's, you know, clear definition in the story and the characters. It's in your phone, you know, kind of aspect ratio. But it, it, it kind of, it, it seems like a logical progression for yeah. the phone generation of the guided view that Comixology has is really nice because it takes this, you go here, you go here. Now your eyes supposed to go here, here, and here. This eliminates that guided view and just says, hey, dummy, scroll, 
that's what I really kind of like about this, to where now Marvel, yeah, we're going to leave that three-month gap, but... So, so this is Matt Man we're friendly. Gonna, we're going to give you this special thing, where if you are a, an unlimited subscriber, you like watching, reading the comics on your phone, you're going to be enjoying separate storylines, like Werewolf by Night that we're showing here. And what you're trying to do. It looks really good, you know? And... Uh, honestly, I'm really torn with these two stories just because of how good. Like, and I was I read that comic when I was looking up this story, and it it grabs you all the way through. Like, I am really thinking about going Marvel and DC, but I might just get all of them. I don't know. I might just stick with Comicsology because I'm cheap. What do you guys think? Mm -hmm. I think that. It's a smart move on all of their parts to make it more consumable to the masses. Not a lot of people are going into comic book stores. You've seen a slump in sales for years in that respect. So whatever they can do to stay relevant and engage a new generation, I say mm. go for it. It'll remain to be seen if it's worth the price because um, DC tried to do their own streaming service. Mm -hmm. And they were dumping <laughs> everything. They literally dumped everything they had into it. Their oh, entire yeah. back catalog a crap ton of their comics and people just and pirated their shows <laughs> and showed and, it all and, and it anyway. still wasn't enough and even the price that they offered was very reasonable for that first oh, yeah, year it wasn't bad I, still was. wasn't, I wasn't gonna pay but it was reasonable i remember so thinking it's that. a gamble and there's no guarantee of a payoff but i do like that they continue to try to keep people engaged in the actual stories mm -hmm. that made them it is nice that they try um but um Old man, what do you so, think? So the low, so I'm a fan of like the actual medium of like touching a comic book. If I'm reading a comic book, but I can see the segue Go in front of, of this back. digital it's medium. It's uh, Discord. Um, translating to hardcore comic book fans of like seeing a comic book series, and then they might read that first issue, and then you know, read the second, third, fourth, or like continuation of that series mm -hmm. in hardcover form. So, um, well, like, that's the like, thing. Like, I'm that kind of comic like said, guy. I will read a, a line on comiXology and then be like, you know what? I actually do want to, I want to own that. Like Batman who laughs, you're next. Um, that's how I, I got doomsday omnibus. I got a whole bunch of comics cause I was, I started reading stuff on <laughs> comiXology and I was like, you know what? I want to own that. I want to hold that in my hands to where I think Amazon is still a little life raft for physical comic purchases. To where you don't have and to go to a store. You don't have to go to a con. That's where, like, you know, those old old store, like, comic book shops, there's, there's like, like 80s, 90s century comic book shops that you don't see that are, that are dying off because of the oh. most recent years. Um... I think how's comic universe doing by the way they're still out there good they're still kicking good um, the Need digital medium has has a place in this world it does I'm not saying it doesn't but put it at an entry point where it will be accessible for everyone yes you know and it has to find that um that point of of um balance yes between price and you know enticement of you know like i really like that series i'm gonna i want to 
I want to own that series now. Yes. But also yeah. to what you're saying, to what you're saying with the electric, you know, age, that Marvel scrollable comic, it's 30% more subscribers they've seen off of just having that as a bonus to your subscription of fans being like, Ooh, I get more content. All right. Also, a point and for for this new streaming service is we don't know how accessible comic book shops are to a lot of people within this country and without, like globally. So having another way to get this material, um, you need a lot of capital. Well, <laughs> yeah, and but but then like let's say, and I know that this is a big big houses, but if there's like a trip. The downside for me is if they're doing direct from Marvel and DC, it's not helping these small businesses. But if these small businesses, like there is, um, I was trying to look up some comics based on indigenous characters, and I found a comic book shop, I think it was in Arizona, that not only had the regular copies of the comics, but the digital copies of the comics available for purchase right off their website. Oh, wow. Um, so if you wanted to get one of their comics, it would be like, you know, $4.99 or whatever for the actual book, or you could for $1.99 or 99 cents, download the digital copy. And now it's yours and, you know, and you're in your drive or wherever you store it and you can read it anytime that you want. Um, <clears throat> there needs to be a balance there because I would hate to see the death of the comic book well, shop. Here's a little interesting I wrench I want to put to in. Keep people engaged in reading them in the first place. Exactly. But. I know I'm blowing comicsology because I'm a su subscriber, but they also make it very, very obtainable to get those comics that are not DC and Marvel and Dark Horse. Here's the also benefit of having the digital form. You have like my favorite, yeah. my, my one of my favorite other podcasts I listen to besides Rogan is Fat Man Beyond and Mark Bernardin. He made an Eisner nominated. I don't know if he won. Uh, or if it was even uh, announced yet, but he, an Eisner-nominated comic book for Adora in the Distance, and that is on Comicsology. They have their own originals. They have so, you can sell your comic on Comicsology, and it's going to you. They take their portion, of course, but it's going to you. There is that for the independent creator, just as a for instance, um, that you have that available. So the benefit and, and, and the plus side of the digital medium out there is having that hard copy, mm -hmm. not wanting to open that hard copy and reading it on a digital platform. It's a because collectible, absolutely. It's a collectible at that point. Yeah. And also it's more affordable. The digital copy is usually like a, a at least half the price of what the, what the actual one is. And, and anyone who has a pull list knows it gets pretty expensive once they start rolling in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, those omnibuses weren't cheap. Um, they sure aren't. Something else that ain't cheap. Well, that's making a cinematic universe. Just like our next story for a good segue. I want to hit the button. It's a little bit pompous. Um, but it never stopped me before. I know. Um, Marvel delays Secret Wars, Blade, and Fantastic Four and more. Um, so Blade, <sighs> Mahershala Ali said uh, some not-so-flattering statements about the overall plot, I'll, uh, um, I'll say, direction 
of the Blade movies, saying there were like maybe one or two kind of eh action sequences. That doesn't really surprise me that they're delaying Blade because Marvel has had, you know, and fans, of course, are, oh my God, it's outrageous. But to me, it makes logical sense if you're, if you want to put out a quality product and if that's your goal is putting out a quality product and you know that fans will not be happy with you phoning it in for this product, especially when you have the overly critical questioning the, the amazing shows like She-Hulk and, you know, Loki and WandaVision and all these amazing shows we've gotten. People are overly critical in this day and age. So delays, I feel, are an inevitability. How do you guys feel about these delays? Because, like, it's only a couple months they moved most of these things back. They just delayed Blade until they get a good, uh, well, another director. Outright calling them a liar. However, I feel like they're sneaking another movie in. I mean, they had Thunderbolts. I, I feel I like they really worked in. Things, and they may be doing reshoots, but I think it's because they're oh, inserting I'm something else into the story. Well, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you have a lot of stuff that, I mean, cinematically, if you're going to be taking away, uh, Blade was a movie, right? Yes. Yeah. So if and you're a taking TV show. several, and if you're take if you're taking away that so, cinematic so experience, you're going to be moving movies. up something else or adding in something else. Maybe you're not going to wait until uh, you know Kang Dest, uh, Dynasty to have a uh, you know uh, Avengers. Maybe this is where they put in like a Young Avengers. So the- I think that they're moving around some storylines or changing some storylines, and they needed to do some research, um, reshoots, mm-hmm. or change something in the storyline to accommodate whatever they're adding. I don't think it's just oh, this movie isn't meeting our standards because they haven't really given a shit about their standards in a little bit. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. So, <laughs> um, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I, I could now, be wrong, but I, but I think there's something else. Kevin Feige has said, or at least rumors have said, that um, we're not going to see mutants until about like phase six earliest. I mean... Full-on mutants. Obviously, we're going to get Deadpool and Wolverine in 2024. I mean, but honestly... We're also getting Namor, that's supposed to be... Oh, he is, and he is confirmed as the first mutant. To where I'm thinking they're right, just so talking about the X-Men. But they call the mute, the movie The Mutants, so now it's just, you, oh, you can't use X-Men. No, no, they can't be called X-Men. How about you just make an X-Force movie? Call them X-Team. I don't know. Be creative. Come up with a different. Come up with something better than X Men because that flowed. You're making a continuation of the show X Men from '97. Oh, you could call it the DC Universe. Why can't we just call it X Men? I think that one's taken. Even X People. I would even accept the woke name of X People over the mutants. Since I've had some gestation period, how do you guys feel about X people? I think um, we need to get on to the next story. We do. <laughs> X people aside, this next story I'm excited about because it's Picard season three. We got a trailer. Um, the real awesome part about the trailer is not just that you're getting um, Deanna Troy, Jordy LaForge, 
Will Riker. You're getting the whole gang a pacifist wharf. Like a full-on pacifist wharf. I love that idea. Um, And then in the trailer, you see a new threat coming out that is just completely dominating, you know, Starfleet. Um, You can tell that from this scene we're seeing in the trailer from the the Starfleet vessel. And obviously, they're going to find Beverly Crusher because we got to have her in the final season. Because this this is because obviously this is not going to turn into another spin uh, into a spinoff show. That's not what they do. This time. It's, it's not what they did s- <laughs> since they started this streaming platform. No, 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 no. Discovery, Strange New Worlds. I love you both. Listen, I'm not hating on it, so continue. <laughs> but the part I love about this trailer is not only that you have this, like, I don't know if this woman is actually, like, something from the next generation, but we see lore. We see Moriarty. That at the very end, like seeing Moriarty pop up, hello, old friend. That got my nerd bar- boner so hard because Moriarty was that wasn't those. I loved him as a character because it, it, it was he was Picard was Sherlock to his actual holographic Moriarty, and I just that loved that. Yeah, but Data's. Oh, uh, was it? It was Data. It was Data. Yeah, it was Data. Data was Data. Picard had the um, he had the detective thing, but there was a psychotic AI in that too, wasn't uh, there? The noir, the noir. Yeah, the noir one. There was the person yeah. that stayed awake, and then I mean, Data did have Moriarty, but Data was the Sherlock Holmes one. Yeah, and he then was, he, Data was fascinated with Sherlock Holmes. Here's the thing: we just showed a portion of this trailer to where there were fireworks in space. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think I need to repeat that, but I will. They showed fireworks in space. So, Joe, let me, let, let's clarify. Let's, let, let's quantify this because the only place that we know of that right. you can burn you, fire is on Earth. Okay? And, in space, in the Star and Trek universe. for fire, you need fuel, spark, and a very big thing that there's not a lot of in space, oxygen. They add that in the little Just because uh, missile. there's not a lot of it doesn't mean that there isn't any of it. There you go. Quantify yeah. that. You're not going to get fireworks. I really don't think you're going to get fireworks. I'm really I'm calling well, bullshit on fireworks in space. We we don't know if this is actual space that we're looking at, or it could be uh, projections. Like, Why don't you just go jump? Uh, I, I, I knew you were going to go holodeck with that hologram. It's what makes the most sense. And one thing, Star Trek that, uh, is uh, it, it, it literally is a religion because the most logical people will just explain the dumbest thing away. Like, no, 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 no. There was just obviously a logical explanation for this. It was just a digital gremlin in the hollow matrix that made that appear at that certain time, and then it just vanished. Oh, is that all? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, With ships as sophisticated as they are, and we've already seen the the AI, I um get becoming sentient. Oh, no, it's not out of the realm of possibility over. that the ship itself, it's in the sentient computer that's running the ship, mm-hmm. um, to project something into space that looks like fireworks. Like it's not. That's not. I don't think that that's something that's beyond the realm of being programmable, or even being a, a simulation. 
We don't know anything yet. Well, so I let's just not. I just want to say. I'm so glad that you're back because I've never been politely shot down like that since you've left. So, 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 so Matt, Matt, Matt. Finally, yeah. an adult in the room. We've been waiting for an adult. We love adults. Yeah. I'm Fair. looking for one my whole life. Um, Matt, yeah. so explain photon torpedoes then. Well, fo- actually, photon and, and there's there's photons a photons very... work different in their universe exactly. as opposed to our and universe. so photon so no there's the a really great photon torpedoes there's a very good episode if you look up because science with Kyle Hill he goes over the benefits of photon versus proton torpedoes and he tells you which one are better I can't remember which but there is a scientific explanation for that sir that I don't remember that I watched science stuff right. Boom! Drop the mic on over to this next story because Jamie Foxx drop anything is actively pushing. We have we have Matt splaining, mansplaining, and Trek splaining all in one segment, and we got a title. Jamie Foxx is actively pushing t- Todd McFarlane to get the Spawn film uh, to get on the Spawn film, and I think everybody, including uh, Jamie Foxx and the internet. And everybody who has a pulse is on for him being main lead for Spawn. I mean, he's, you know, he's very athletic and he takes his role seriously. I would rather have him for Spawn. I mean, especially because, you know, I mean, he's not method, but he does take the role very seriously, you know, to where he he is awesome. I can't wait to see what he did with Tyson. Yeah, it's going to be that's going to be great. Like, that's going to be amazing. You still need John Leguizamo in that movie, though. I mean... You don't want to look at Jamie Foxx? I'd rather the fans look at us than Jamie Foxx. He's way too beautiful. Um, Fair enough. (laughs) But here's the thing. I did not mind. And and in fact, I will say, I liked the uh, Spawn movie that we got. I thought it was good. Michael J. White? Yeah, that was good. I thought Michael J. White, John Leguizamo... That was a solid movie, and it propelled the comic Spawn book movies movie to where we're on, at now. On the Spawn animated series on HBO. That's on HBO Max, and I haven't gotten around to watching that, but I that is on my list to go through. I'm actually Keith rewatching David. Keith David. Okay. Yeah. No, I have Our that on my thing. list, and I have Captain been meaning Anderson. to get to that because Spawn the animated series, yeah. I think I re- I've watched a couple episodes of that in passing when I was back. Uh, back in the, it when is I one of the, the best storytellings in an animated show ever. Back when I had free HBO as a kid, I'll put that. Um, but I'm overall excited for the Spawn it, movie. It, his and, parents paid for it. And uh, t- uh, Todd McFarlane to get this universe moving because I actually, through, once again, comicsology, um, I got the chance to read Spawn comics. and You've mentioned them enough. Let's, let's, it's, let's. it's honestly, it's a really good comic line to read through because it's not like unlimited power. There's a limit to your life force. Like, it's a direct correlation in the beginning of the comics that sells that. He's more like E.T. phoning home and he's like in that pod dying. Yeah, and it's it. There's a lot more sense of urgency with him and his whole storyline to where you're like, oh man, dude, that's that's rough, bro. Like, pull here, man. I got I got a shoulder to cry on, and you know this guy's a rough and tough guy. Like, I got a shoulder, man. That's all I got. I don't know. You got a rough life. 
Thank God I'm not you. On that note. But maybe he can regenerate. I think, I, I think that was a horrible segue. It was. Maybe he can regenerate on over to this next story. Because we have the power of the doctor coming October 23rd, man. They had a trailer here, which is, it's amazing. Um, it is the last journey that Jodie Whittaker will be taking as the doctor. Um, there it is. <clears throat> and we see the master as well as uh, Unit with Kate, and uh, there's 12 paintings gone missing. The doctor is uh, talking with the master, and the master's very confident that she's going to see the last of her days. Regeneration is over, doctor. And we see Daleks, we see Cybermen. Um, We see a lot of different... Honestly, really awesome uh, footage. There's like a Cyberman like planet that's attacking the Earth and stuff. It's 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 very interesting. Um, there's like the, or the, tra- the, the train through space is back. It's just like a metro train mm-hmm. though. Um, and look, we know we're getting wackiness with the 60th anniversary. Um, I just hope that. I went through and I watched that 13th season all the way through through uh, the New Year's special. Uh, I watched it again. And the last season with Dan and Yaz, it was entertaining. And it was it was really enter- enjoyable. But I'm really looking forward to getting back to Russell T. Davies helming the show. Because like Katerina coming back, I know an adult is at the steering wheel. Well, I think for for me, I was always leery, not so much of the actress, but of the writer, even though he did some really great, um, who be in episodes because he doesn't really do light things. And when you have, he was writing a cop murder show, right? That's that's what he came from. The doctor who like, And force them into these situations where you're not supposed to have that much gravity and everything. It's it was uneven. It was like he was trying. It was like somebody saying too many dad jokes and none of them are landing because he's not a jokey person. Um, I think Stephen Moffat actually got it right more than Chibnall did. Now, granted, he had a lot more time to work out his idea, but Moffat was a fan who knew how to write the show. But he for also the fans. was someone that already knew what kind of doctor he wanted and then cast accordingly. That mm-hmm. They had already been thinking about making, I mean, Smith um, and Capaldi oh were great picks. They were, but they already knew they wanted him before they had even started. They, they were offered those roles, you, mm-hmm. you know, and then with her, it was like they knew they wanted to go in a different direction. They knew they wanted to try to cast a female doctor. So he knew she's an astounding actress because she is. And he was like, cool. But he had no idea who the doctor was going to be. Mm. And had and had they taken that time to decide who they want this doctor to be and how they want these episodes to go, we wouldn't have gotten these episodes that were like up and down, up and down. None of the episodes were super terrible. 
but there was no continuity between one to the other where there was a consistent doctor. Flux it was, was the like only was thing. on a different hat every episode. Yeah, Flux was the only one that some... had consistency. And that's because they're like, right? hey, we're doing consistency now. And then you're like, well, it's too late. And it was the best of the Chibnall seasons. I hate that for him, but I think it's just that they did not know what they wanted when what they were trying to do when they first started, and it showed. And I hope that with this next actor, who's another brilliant actor, yeah, uh, that they have this doctor mapped out in such a way that we get that beginning, middle, and end that she should have gotten. Yeah, and I hate that for her. She's so talented. She is. She is really really brought something as the doctor. She really did bring something unique to the doctor. That I absolutely adored. I just wish the writing kept up with her. I loved her as the doctor. I just, I mean, that's a doctor that if you give me big finish um, audiobooks, I'll buy those because I want oh, more. Yeah, absolutely. Her I, voice I want alone. More, I want more her depth. Alone. I want more depth to her story. I mean, you know, there, there's just so much because she has that deflection of, of, of companions that yeah. you you got with David Tennant. There are things that he did pull right in there. It's just like a 12-year-old made a collage. This is about my love for you. And that's about all you got. And you're like, wow. It's like, a, I don't know if you've seen the video of a little kid where he's trying to talk about his dream. He ever had a dream where you like, and then he's like, and, and you're like, <laughs> I'm going to look it up after this can show. Can we get somewhere? And, you know, at some point you lose patience. and You're not even interested in the story anymore. And it sucks for her. And it sucks for him because both are talented in their own way. Yeah. Uh, they just didn't get a chance to really showcase that in, in Doctor Who. So I'm excited for the direction that it's going in. I'm sad to see her go. But I am looking forward because they seem to knock it out of the park with their big finishes. I hope they give her one that does her justice, but um, it is bittersweet. It's been bittersweet her entire run for me. Yeah, and I mean that's the that's the problem is that it has been bittersweet, and I mean I would I I'm I'm excited to see Power of the Doctor, but I'm even more excited for the 60th anniversary because I know David Tennant and Catherine Tate are going to be in it, and we're going to get some amazing stuff, and we're having our new Doctor. I'm imagining this regeneration is going to leave us off with a really awesome cliffhanger that we're going to be like, let's go, bud. I'm so excited but terrified to see what happens between the Doctor and Donna because Mm. they had established that if she remembers anything, then she will deteriorate and and die quickly. Like, her brain just can't handle everything that has happened to her. That's how she she goes out like a hero. She's had a life. But I go out also like a G. So she's she's had a life together and again. it's that one moment when she can say, No, doctor, push him in. I'm saving you. And she like yeah. bah! You know? I could see no, so many I'll different stop potentials. Crying right now, goddamn it. <laughs> On to the next story. Exactly. Cause I could see potential in this next story because Super Mario does not have that classic uh, accent because we have a trailer for Super Mario Brothers movie. It's not going that Sonic route. It's going animated. They're calling it that live action, but it's, you know, it's a Pixar movie, essentially. 
Um, and you see Bowser attack, uh, approaching the Penguin Kingdom. And the part that I really love about this trailer is how it's so serious. Bowser's setting up shop like, let's go. You're subsiding. And he is driving a, 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 an active volcano through the air. So I am negative 100 interested in this movie. It's it, not dangerous, is it? I mean, it's probably fine. He got it OSHA regulated. He's probably, yeah. It's, you know, been approved by the EPA. <clears throat> the thing I like is they're so set up in uh, the in the in this scene, and the Penguin King's ready to let them all go, and he's like, "Yes!" And they all pick up snow and they're throwing it at the Koopas and Bowser, and they're just like, and "This is a fraction of my power." And then he just lets rip some awful heartburn and destroys their kingdom. <clears throat> <clears throat> But ultimately, he gets the star. He gets the star, and then we end up seeing Mario. Um, It's not a bad look to Mario. You know, it's not like that original Sonic trailer to where it was like, oh, bad touch. Uh, Mario looks fine enough. Ironically, and Kat, I'm sure you'll at least find this funny, but the internet had a problem with Mario. And it is the... Stupidest problem I think I've ever heard of because he didn't have a big enough butt. What? Mario, butt? Mario's butt was not impressive. He did not okay. have a big First enough butt. First of all, I have heard this same complaint being said about Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, about Brie Larson's Captain Marvel. Y'all are obsessed with butts. Get over yourself. It's a fictional butt. I mentioned Captain Marvel once, and I had no problem with Wonder Woman's butt. I thought it was an amazing butt. It was covered by a skirt. You couldn't see it. Um, but no, I, I mean, get, come on, man. Get over his ass. Seriously. Get over Get over. Get over, <laughs> get over his ass. He's nothing, man. It's fine. Um, get over it. Get over it. He's not into you anyway, guys. He's not into you. Megastar. Every just time, to be clear. Every time he Boy's talks, a mega I think star. they're playing audio. And then he just appears. <laughs> the, the I was constantly, like, oh, that's him for real. The constantly <laughs> rear, Yeah, I know, right? I haven't hit the, any of his buttons. Besides, that was I, a good I, There we go. Like, every time I hear his little voice, I'm like, oh, they're playing his audio. No, no. He's right there. I mean, right. Uh, what do you want? Mr. Booth. You want to play Mr. Blue Sky? Yeah. Then ask Google to play Mr. Blue Sky. That is such a that's such a twenty first century you can play, you can play Guardians of the Galaxy two on on okay. Disney Plus. There you you know go. what I mean? That's Listen, such a twenty first century parenting answer. You can't tell me answer. that if this technology wasn't available to our parents, oh that yeah. they would have been go ask Siri yourself, like for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> What's this? I don't know. Ask Siri. But, I'm um, from the outside generation. Just go outside. I am all right, you're gone. not at all interested in this. Oh, so, what'd you do today, kid? I don't know. I, I didn't look after you all. Day. You know what? I, and I told this. I don't to... care what they do. It's not going to be as iconic as, um, you know, Bob Hoskins and, and yeah. John Leguizamo. It was such a crappy and I movie. I forget King but... Koopa's name. It, it, it was so bad. It's good. Good. And, and you can't no, that, that guy's soundtrack. name is escaping me but he was in walk so the dinosaur come on man 
What was that name? What was the name of that actor, old man? He played King Cooper. Oh, He's been... Hopper. Yes. Dennis Hopper, yes. So good. I'm on a bus. <laughs> he put his whole... He was like, this is a shit show, but it's going to be the best shit show that I can put forth. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. 100%. Loved it. Loved it. It was so great, you know? I mean, I, I really... I and I, I'm enjoying the idea of giving this animated Mario uh, a footing because just like we gave Sonic a footing, you know, it it was not a Sonic the Hedgehog video game movie. It was a movie about Sonic. This is a movie about Mario, but it's set in the Mushroom Kingdom. I'm willing to give it legs. Give. You could make Princess Peach sound like Queen Latifah. I don't care. I buy that. Exactly. I'll I probably go to see it faster if you add Queen Latifah as Princess you Peach. You know, in my head, it's Carol Kane. Okay. I'm, All right. Has been decided. Every time you say Queen Latifah, I'm just picturing like the, the song of living single in my head. <laughs> and I'm imagining kind of world. You know what I'm imagining? What? An A plus idea, big brother. Because A plus catering and events is exactly where you're gonna go to find the very best in catering. And as th- these guys know how to make delicious food, okay? This is how I know because they keep coming up with even more delicious food. That's why you're going to go to APLUSCaterers.com. Could you talk to them about samples? Um, not yet, because I want to pl- I want to fluff them a little bit more, because they have amazing food, very talented chefs to I mean, help that's, supply that's, the most that's eight delicious. Months, eight, eight months worth of fluffing. The most delicious in delicatessens <laughs> for your next event need. So hop on over to APLUSCaterers.com. A-P-L-U-S Caterers.com Our next story Is one I think the old man Will actually enjoy Which is We got a trailer for Dead Space Remake Which honestly looks good Big Brother you played this one too Mm -hmm. Um, Dead Space Remake On aboard the USG Ishimura just in time for Halloween. It is an amazing game. Especially with the remake. necessarily need to be With done. what they like, do with just how the game looks, mind the buffering and, you know, all that crap graphics for mine, go visit the, uh, you know, trailer on Polygon. But, oh, yeah, there you go. It looks great. You have this kind of thought in your head. When you think about yeah. any kind of uh, video game remake, like, this is what you want. Now, also, this is what you're remembering. <clears throat> Not the buffering. But this is what you're remembering when you're like, oh, man, I used to play that game, and it was so awesome. Yeah, and Lots of buffering. And, 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 like, that's, that's what you're remembering is this kind of remake in your imagination. Because when you go back to play that game, you're like, oh, these, these graphics are terrible. Actually, the graphics are still not... They still hold up. They still hold up? They still hold up. But they're just remaking it anyway. Like, mm, we're going to do it better. 
Um, I'm all for that. Just like, I mean, give me any of the PlayStation 4 classic, you know, titles in a remake status right now for the new console. Okay. Get those graphics polished up yeah, with the new Dead, engines. Dead Space was, um, Dead Space was uh, 360 PS3 era. But for the... Those still to, to retroactively look at are not as bad as like going back to N64 and Dreamcast, you know? Right, so like... Or original PlayStation. The, the games... Um, so for the 360 version of Dead Space, it got the Xbox One x enhanced treatment so it it got the ai upscaling on it so if you have it in your library for backwards compatibility it is um it takes care of a lot of the um rendering and fps issues that it had mm. originally so the trailer came for uh, just in time for halloween the sh the game the remake is actually going to be released january 27th of 2023 for playstation 5 windows PC and Xbox Series X. Um, but I want them to keep going, you know, do different games like this. Like, honestly, give, the, I know we're getting the Kotar, but give me a remake of Force Unleashed with graphic engines now. I want physics engines now because that game really inspired the physics, the physics engines that, that we have now. That time was great. Oh my God. You can go back and I, I, have been tempted to re-download that on my Steam and just go back because you felt like a badass Jedi. Or yeah. Something. And it was amazing. And that yeah. kind of level of game, I really hope we get back to with Star Wars because Force Unleashed really showed Star Wars fans like, I want that. And how <laughs> that little nod that in, in Obi-Wan to Force Unleashed where he... He held down that carrier. Now, what do you was... think? Have you watched uh, Andor? Okay. I told you what I'm doing. Did you see any screenshots on the internet of the Star? I saw the armor. You saw... I saw the armor. Now, on the armor, there's flare, like spikes and stuff. It's close enough. Do you feel like that's an introduction, like, as an Easter egg to Star Wars? Like, this is just, I'm making this close enough to him that you guys think, ah, there he is. Or do you think, think like this is an introduction to the character that they're going to eventually no, add him in, like Cal? To the character, you don't. I don't think it's an introduction to the character. Okay. You just think it's a nice Easter egg to have in the background for nerds like Master Plo, uh, like Master Plo's uh, rebreather. It's just a nod to the fans and say, "Hey, we acknowledge it, and we're moving on." Because those holocron, there was a holocron and a, a Sith holocron and a Jedi holocron on his shelf, but they were like comedically embiggened. Yeah, I just think it's just like a nod to the, hey, this was a cool character. We'll put the armor in here and we'll move on. See yeah. ya. A lot like this next story because <clears throat> CD Projekt Red is moving on. With a lot more projects, man. We're getting, uh, they announced on Twitter that they're expanding the Witcherverse, but we're getting five new games from them, okay? One is a sequel to Cyberpunk 27, uh, 2077, which is codenamed Orion, along with a handful of new Witcher adventures. So a new RPG 
uh, well, they're going to be going with a new open world RPG AAA trilogy for The Witcher. And we we already knew we were getting a sequel to The Witcher uh, Wild Hunt. We're going to get two other games on top of that. And then uh, there's a full-fledged Witcher game separate to the new Witcher saga with Polaris that they're working on. Okay. And then on top of that, <coughs> so you got five games coming from CD Projekt Red. You got and the, the, the thing that, <coughs> that helped CG Project Red was the, the actual Netflix show because it brought that anime so was amazing. Many people to buy the game to yeah. influx money into CD Project Red to get these to get these games funded <laughs> and the DLCs created and to get yeah. other projects across the finish line. It was a much needed infusion that they to get absolutely this and, franchise and I moving. I haven't seen the show. I've seen like little screenshots and oh, it's amazing! It. it that whole show is so good, especially if you're an anime fan and you've been sleeping on it. it you need to comment. watch it because it's so good. Pop it on your phone with some earbuds in, and you'll enjoy it because that show really made me like. As I'm finishing that season, I was like, almost like. Uh, no, I'm not going to download it again. I don't have time. I got shit to edit. No, no, don't, don't, don't download it. I really wanted to play that game. So, and avoid all adult responsibilities. Okay. And that's I, where you take a day off. <laughs> it was really, really good. So I highly recommend if you have not checked out that Witcher anime or uh, well, the Witcher anime movie and the cyberpunk anime I mean, they're really donking it, Netflix, with their game properties. And all their game property Netflix, stuff is really good story-wise. And, and the Cyberpunk series, um, oh, yeah. it really assisted. And it's a, it's, a, it's a good symbiotic relationship that they have because they now that they know that the IPs that CD Projekt Red creates can translate into some level of forum... Yes. On Netflix. Exactly. I mean, and that's really why we're getting Super Mario and we're getting all these because Netflix proved if you let them create what the yep. fans want, you will make money. They will watch so, it and they will rewatch it. So not to backtrack, but like the, the Mario thing, um, a lot of voice actors really said that it should have been Charles Mignette. I the agree. Original voice actor, um, which to me, it's not the Ahsoka argument, though. I feel like there to me there can only be one true voice of Mario, unless you're going live action. It's That's not. It. It's not Batman, though. You know what I mean? When you're looking at the Mario voice actor, you're it's it's a me. You have that is ma as much Mario's character as Sonic's you know, whole face and quills are to his and yep. his love for chili dogs. That motherfucker better eat a goddamn chili dog in the next movie. But with Mario flat ass and all I'll accept him. It should have been the original voice actor. Cause there's no reason why we had no, Bo-Katan. We got Bo-Katan on our platform for ad animated to live action. I don't, feel that there's a reason we can't this live action movie we, we couldn't have gotten him in there 
Um, if he has a pulse, send him a check. By the way, Jack Black is Bowser's great. That's a great Amazing. Thing. I love that um, casting for Jack Black. 100%. So back to CD, uh, CD Project Red. Yes. Uh, good in, good infusion of money due to Netflix's um, assistance with The Witcher and and uh, Cyberpunk. So more power to them. I hope I get to see some of uh, some of their other IPs that translate over into a different form. Well, I think um, also in a nice. in a other article, I think I I've, I've read that they're also working on uh no 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 they also announced a brand new IP from CD Projekt Red, Handar, uh, which is apparently in the earliest stages of production. So not only are they expanding their current content, they're also doing what a lot of Ubisoft companies do, is they just put out the same content and regurgitate the same idea with different sprinkles, Ubisoft, and they don't come out with anything new. They... At CD Projekt Red, however flawed that game was, and it was terrible. It was garbage. I mean, if you wanted to look up the definition of dumpster fire releases, CD Projekt Red is right underneath Anthem. With what what version? Like, like any Cyberpunk? Yeah, like Anthem and Cyberpunk. If you were to do a versus, okay. which one is worse? I'm saying. I mean, Anthem was up there over. Cyber, well, I don't know. Cyberpunk was horrible. Cyberpunk was a limitation of hardware, not necessarily the game story. Was great. So, No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky was just the the idea. Poor was idea. It, it, like came to fruition. So, like when 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 the company came back and redid it, and they actually committed to it and just didn't dump it like like bioware did with anthem which was more ea's decision than anything else fair enough oh and then ea screwed the pooch with anthem anyway because they also released apex legends which was a free game which botched the release of anthem if they just waited a month i mean that was really horrible project planning and then they were still dealing with the aftermath of star wars battlefront 2 Nobody so trusted you, you after that garbage things. fire. So you had three things. So so just that cl- that cluster of events just on EA. So you're I saying blame... EA is the metaphorical equivalent to Detroit. I don't blame. It's Anthem's just dumpster fire after dumpster fire, as far as you could see. <laughs> I I blame I blame <laughs> I Anthem's failure on EA's poor vision and trying to milk everything through a fucking loot crate so like the u.s government it's all on poor management okay i got it that's called failing upwards <laughs> there's a lot of that around here especially here um but overall i mean that's a lot of promise for cd project red um especially since with the new trilogy of witcher games you know they're not just gonna keep beating that drought dead horse it's now siri and it's her story She's a trained witcher that's also giving Netflix more content. Once that actress grows up, got to get that content. So, you know, time jumps aside. I think it's a great idea. A lot like if this next story's company could have conceptualized the time jump, well, probably wouldn't have been a story because 
Beyond Good and Evil 2. Do you remember that game? Yeah, your dad was probably talking about that game. And it has broken Duke Nukem Forever's record for longest development time for a game. Building a time machine to tell my 15-year-old self not to get too excited about that E3 trailer. The Beyond Good and Evil 2 has been in development for longer than Duke Nukem Forever. An old man, me and you always reference the... Uh, too human? Too human reference, because that was 10 years. Ha! Not yes. longer than Star Citizen. <laughs> well, they'll get there. They'll get there. Well, Star the, it'll be a story in the, in the future. Um, Any mention they can get. So, actually... Beyond Good and Evil Hello, 2 Do you know Gray Fox? officially crossed the threshold about 100 days ago. Well, more than that now. That was the time of this article writing. Um, so, Duke Nukem Forever lasted 5,156 days. Uh, be, the first trailer for Beyond Good and Evil 2 came out on May 30th, 2008. Which is right around the time that Two Human released. <laughs> One soul ends. The next oh wait! Begins. Oh wait! Was oh wait! Was um. Daddy. Yes, buddy. Uh, I have a question. Yes. Forty-two. Can you get the timer off the switch, please? Cause it keeps turning down every single like. It feels like every single ten seconds. Okay. Guess what? What? I love you. Love you. Found it. Now go fix it. Okay, so can you? Right now. I will. Go ahead and play. I'll I'll fix it on my phone right now. Love you, buddy. Can you close my door? Thank you. Don't close my door. Um, See that just said that just speaks to the parenting level because I would have given given him the same advice that my first senior technician gave to me. And he said, "Okay." Out and shut the fuck up. Now show up on time. No, it was even better because oh. it proceeded to uh, tell me a story about his mentor exploiting him for money. <clears throat> but he said, look, I'm not going to do what, you know, my mentor did to me and tell you to go to Wawa and get me a coffee. I'm going to tell you this. Pretend like you're on a desert island. Well, it's helpful. I fixed his, his time on a switch. That was it. Like, that's all I got. And that's how I'm here. So, longest, anyway, so what I was going to say is yeah, uh, longest uh, development time. 2008 was um, Assassin's Creed, Ooh. Call of Duty, Ooh. Mass Effect. Ooh. All three of those games, all yeah. at the same time. 2009 was Fable 2, so we'll not talk about that one. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed parts of it. It wasn't, it wasn't Fable 3. No. Well, yeah. I mean, I would rather watch Godfather 3 than play Fable 3. That says a lot. I would rather watch... Uh, damn. I don't know. Insert any bad movie here than play Fable 3. On that bombshell. We end Fantastic off 490s. <laughs> we we end off this podcast the same way with our end segment. End. Ha ho. I thought of a good one, man. 
I mean, Avatar Last Airbender, I think it came around a anniversary or something. And what I wanted to do, I thought an interesting end segment. Oh, hang on. We're recording. I'm going to pee real quick, and then we'll do the end segment. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting answer. That's his bending power. If you listen, you can hear it. <laughs> Cat, <laughs> I'm just watching your face. <laughs> <laughs> It looked like you like semi dozed off there. No, I was reading. I was reading the rest of that article, and then an unnatural sound reached my ears. <laughs> it's almost like a tea cuddle. Are you okay? <laughs> Man, if I hold if I held that out any longer, I would have been I would have been vibrating like the Flash. We're professionals. Whew. All right, I'm recording the whole thing. I'll, I'll just see whatever you guys did later. I got two minutes. And last my ha- ass off. So, end segment. We will start with you, old man. And um, I, I, I've just been. It was. I'm sure there was like. I think it was like a 20th or 30th anniversary of uh, Avatar: the Last Airbender. So I thought, which of the Avatar: the Last Airbender series elements, uh, the bending powers, would you most want? Earth, air, water, fire. Callie said wind. Um, and <laughs> he has a big bag of wind, so that makes sense. <laughs> so, old man, what what is your bending power that you would have? Um, that's that's I would go earth. I saw you fire because with fire, that's electricity and that leads to IT. (laughs) If you could just touch a computer and be like, hang on, fire bend, lightning bending, it's fixed. I feel like that that's where you would go. You would just just you would find the way to be the IT bender. Um I'm basing it more so um you know, because my eyes are not getting any better, I would rather be able to see without, you know, if I go blind. So I'm going earth bending just based on my needs. <laughs> I mean, earth bending would be helpful. I mean, you could always just throw up a cocoon, you know? Like, ah, I don't know, I'm falling! Just make a steel cocoon because then you could embrace that earth bending, right? And learn metal bending. So that that's logical to me because I I immediately kind of went towards earth bending for my choice because I felt it was a logical step because of, you know, style of martial arts I learned was a lot more of that oh, stomp kind of part, stuff. Part of, from me, that. part of me just um, says, like, I just don't want to waste time driving, so I would probably be, you know, Dude, airbender. you would save so much in fuel <laughs> and maintenance. I would just be an airbender. But you could also do the same thing. But, like, you know, you can also do the same thing as fire, fire bending here. would be very hazardous when traveling with your family. 
Yes, mm-hmm. you would have to worry about. You didn't your, like your hair anyway. You said it you earlier. Have to worry about setting the world on fire if you go high enough in the. You would stream. have to worry about starting a great big flame down in your heart. Don't 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 fall out. Reference me, boy. <laughs> but ultimately, I like uh, I like earth bending for you because I feel like you know. Also with earth bending, could you imagine? You know those YouTube videos of those guys in, like, Uganda or whatever making, like, the Taj Mahal out of mud? Could you imagine earthbending, like, your house? You're like, nah, made that house. You kidding? That's made out of, like, marble. I know. I'm a hell of a bender. Like, being able to make the countertops myself. (laughs) That's your house? Looks remarkably like like the library of Alexandria. Like, I got a lot of land. Yes, here's the permit, officer. Is that Caligula's casino? You damn could right. you could you imagine the 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 construction company I would have? <laughs> Man, like, that's yes. It only takes me five minutes. All you need is Avatar: The Last Airbender and capitalism, and that's that's all you need for an idea. All you need is lunch. <laughs> <laughs> that's the LLC name. All you need is lunch. <laughs> So ultimately, <laughs> we have you as a, a, a earthbender, Katarina. Where are you in your bending nation? Well, let me roll it back a little bit. <laughs> I have always identified as a hobbit ever since I read the book. Something about their lifestyle just really appealed to me. What about the um, Harfoots? I hate that. Yeah, the Harfoots. The Harfoots are like. Oh my God. I really hate that. Just get in a fucking hole already. The Harfoots are before they got their medication right (laughs) to level them out. I want somebody to medicate them motherfuckers because God damn. You can make Lord of the Rings boring. There you go. Boring as all. You have to understand why they are that way. You have to understand why they are that way. And we're not going to do any. We're not going to do any. not good writers. Adjacent slander here. <laughs> they're just not good writers. Them, they're in a little Anyways, club with the Game of Thrones people. Into me, <laughs> don't get, no, that's Steven. nice. But don't get Big Brother started on the, the Game of Thrones or the Lord yeah. of the Rings. Uh, it's, anyway, it's a sore subject. So, I'm enjoying those shows, anyways. by the way. Yes, go on. You're, med- you're bending pr- uh, preference. I'll wait until you guys have calmed down. Go ahead. Let me know when you're ready, boy. <laughs> Thank God we're recording. Ah, and credits galore. And amazing. Um, which segued into me being a Hufflepuff. Same thing. Perseverance. Um, mm-hmm. Common sense. Just kind of finding that balance between yin and yang. Kind of gray Jedi kind of thing. And that, of course, led me to earthbending. Mm. Um, you can do lava bending, metal bending, sand bedding. A bending, excuse me. They were yeah. taught by the badger moles and the badgers, the emblem for Hufflepuff. I mean, it all ties in so beautifully. And to earth bend, you need to have the the most control over mm. yourself. You can't yeah. be too emotional in either direction. And you have to wait for the right moment to, to present itself. And then you have to strike decisively. And both. Um, the, her character just was like this perfect embodiment of she was sassy. She took no shit. 
um, she did not allow the fact that she was blind hinder her in any way. But when she founded a police fight, force was, and discovered metal bending, like and she, she was and she was the strongest one when it came time to fighting because she was one hundred percent secure mm-hmm. in her in her abilities and in what she had to do there was no hesitation there and that always appealed to me of all the characters she was the most grounded haha yeah. as ah, you did there <laughs> no i really um, like but that. that is why yeah. i also chose earthbending i a like bit that. more detail than than chris put into it <laughs> I mean, we ended up at the same place, just the same. I mean, ultimately, I'm kind of stuck between uh, earthbending and firebending. And the reason being... You're stuck in a hard place. <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. Uh, puns galore. But I got a button for that. Where is it? So Well, not to mention, I think earth is really the only element that no matter where you are, you can call on it. Mm, yeah. But I've, I've, I was always stuck between uh, fire and earth bending, and it's almost, mm. it's almost down to my tattoo, which is a horrible representation. Well, you can't really see it. No, we can't see it. But it's a, a and blurry. It's a tiger and a bull, and that's almost the same kind of representation. Yeah, but earth bending, you earth can actually fire. just like tunnel through the earth to like to travel. <laughs> so, like, if you really wanted to. But you can even compress things. To that's where that's where I'm kind of stuck because my make the distance shorter. <laughs> my personality is more of a fire bending, I'll say, mm-hmm. mentality, and uh, I'm also more, uh, I would say, uh, subconsciously like uh, grounded in earth bending. But ultimately, I would probably just to differentiate, but I would probably go with fire bending. Because it would be so useful, and especially with a mechanic like, oh, you don't have, you don't have spark. Boom, buddy, you're going right down the street to the other dealer. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, just now I've blown out your catalytic converter. <laughs> <laughs> I've blown up your engine. <laughs> but no, it's just I, I like the the fire bending is I think being able to use that. And then converting that to electricity is all they really went into. But especially with fire, there's a lot of different things that you can go uh, 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 ap- application-wise so, so do. I'm, I'm, and I'm you will to, always I'm be able to you heat something up. Okay? So I'm, I'm ultimately going to go firebending. The ability to produce lightning was never solely on a firebender. It was just learned by General Iroh. And he taught it to everyone who was a firebender because he didn't teach it to any other clan. Daddy, daddy, dad. Well, nobody taught how to do swaying motions to everybody else. It's some things are specifically <laughs> generated. People learn it eventually. Towards you know, eventually, that. other people discovered where sales just like learned a technique from water bending. Actually, well, just like when you look like water bending, blood bending. They look at different techniques to where they haven't really explored it. That's why they are getting all these different shows that they're working on so that they can explore this universe and show, hey, there are so many different variations of every style of bending to where I feel fire bending. If you would follow a more ground, you would get more of the lava and embers. You know what I mean? If you followed air, you would get more of like a fire tornado. That's a natural event. 
Ask Californians. They know. They've probably seen it. I've seen it on the internet. There are things that they can add in there from nature that they've already just done that I think that you can really use to expand it to where, yes, fire bending or earth bending rather has been very, you know, but also when you look at that map, that earth nation is a huge, bud. It's like yeah, Russia the, compared to the other countries. Rooted. I mean, Africa. Africa's way bigger. Sure. On that note, I got to go. Later, buddy. Um, Big Brother, what is your ultimate bending style? I'll pick the one nobody else picked. Water bending or sure. air bending? Water seems cool. All right. Seems cool. That's good <laughs> enough. <laughs> Your logic Seems cool. is sound. <laughs> I have no oppositions to that. No. But ultimately, air, earth, fire, and water make a great band in a different order. Um, but we end off this podcast the same way with the thank yous. want to thank you out to Mary Duncan, uh, Sharon Kane, Reginald Francis, and Linda Ayla, as well as Mark Gervais, Moisel Robinson, Matthew Kennedy, and Frank Percy, as well as you, Loyal Wall Jangard, for tuning in and checking out the podcast. We want you to tune in to Lug Nuts every time they go live at, well, Record at over on Facebook.com backslash Lug Nuts Podcast. And, of course, this is none other than a long, drawn-out goodbye. And I am your host, Matthew Bugrow, the Matt Man. We had Christopher Bristow, the old man. We have, right to my left, Katerina Thermoscara, wonderful woman, as well as our omnipotent presence that is Stephen Bugrow, big brother. Our mascot hero time laying around here somewhere. Ah, uh, that's a half-ass arf. And until next time, we love you. We miss you. We want to see you then. Game on, Wall Jaggers. Bye-bye. Oh, no. We got to end it. Shutting it off. That's <laughs> ah, <it was> awesome. <laughs> I mean, we could start off with the stuff we have in the live folder. Right. And what I did, old man, once you get back video-wise... Oh, what I did is I have two, whoop, there we go, two screens that are uh, uh, active. One is for the stories, which was just up, and then another is for the uh, the chat we have. So that way, Big Brother can flash between the story we're talking about and us as we talk. So that's my kind of go around. Um, so that way yeah. it still kind of assembles the same kind of show. We'll start off the end credits um, with Wakanda Forever trailer, man. Marvel finally released that beautiful bean footage. And it starts off uh, very much, uh, you know, holding Black Panther's helmet. So it's not going to go well, uh, at least for him. Showing off some very Mayan Aztec-looking uh, like uh, writing and then Namor. So we know what we're doing because who we're talking about, because there's blue people 
And they're really Guilty. setting up the Atlantis Wakanda <laughs> battle that is building here. Even a little bit of glimpse of what looks like Atlantis as well as Namor going to his throne in the sea. Already looking different from Aquaman. But I'm excited because we see he has wings. He looks very comic accurate. And apparently from what the cast is saying, they're saying there's still a surprise behind the Black Panther that we're getting in this movie. So I'm really excited for it, man. I think this this trailer just makes me want to go to the theater opening day, um, especially because it's all the family, obviously, somebody, not all in the family. That's a different show. Um, but November 11th. Moving on up. <laughs> and, here, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we see in this trailer that it's so Wakanda. And it's. That's so Wakanda. It's also awesome because we get Riri Williams as Ironheart. We get a look at her suit flying around. Um, it just looks like they are infusing the comics the right way and with black panther it this has a very very high bar to satisfy you know what i mean it does it's really hard to beat that first movie especially when the guy that made it really pop is dead in the movie and in real life correct oh, that's a shame for like it was it's it's <sighs> You can switch back over to us. Um, it's one of those things, man, that, you know, I think that Chadwick Boseman brought a certain gravitas to that role. Um, it's not necessarily something that is, you know, not replaceable. You ate all your chicken? Oh, so good. Yeah, you can have your pretzel. Bring me the bag. Oh, I thought he said Pepto. Yeah, you can no, have your no, Pepto. No. You're, you're a sick, you're a sick fucker. <laughs> Bismol. Pepto Bismol. Not. Does he have stomach problems too. <laughs> no, it's good for nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. And diarrhea. Hey. This is not an ad. Um, not an excellent. ad. And we have sound this time, so this is going to be podcast number three forty-two. Talking about our next. St- Story in the end credits. So essentially, uh, Hugh Jackman is back as Wolverine in Deadpool 3 with Ryan Reynolds coming 2024. Now pushed back, as we found out in the podcast in November of 2024. Even still, Wolverine and Deadpool. How are you feeling about this? Oh, I'm, I'm loving that. I'm going to love that. I'm just happy for it. That's all. I mean, the Neither, fact that nothing else needs to say. Hugh Jackman played coy like, no, 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 I can't. No, I can't play Wolverine. Oh, no, no, no. And then he just comes yeah, out. You know, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe management was shit. Now management's better. You know, and then he comes out like, oh, you're doing that. All right. Yeah, man. Makes sense. Let's do this. And Good job for getting your shit together. They're awesome. Got, Twitter got, stuff they um, uh, released was very nice. So we our next story. Uh, it's the last one of the stuff that I really wanted to talk about uh, from news gone by, which was honestly, it kind of makes me sad, but it really doesn't matter because we have AI. Uh, James Earl Jones retires his voice as Darth Vader. 
So I'm I want to give the guy his retirement. Um, no, after, work him to death, damn it. So after finding out that 90 percent, 90 percent of Obi-Wan was done with AI for Vader's voice. Wow, that's great. So that tells you the level of quality that we got. That gives a little bit more power to the writer, you think? Because you're literally Vader's voice when you get that approved, okay, yes, we will put that in the show. And then the only thing you need James Earl Jones is, is like, what would your cadence be? Like, mm. come in, just, you know, just give us what your cadence would be, and we can just emulate the AI to do that. And that's all you have to do. You could pay. He can take his quick check and go. Yeah. He doesn't have to be in a sound booth recording those lines all the time now. Well, and even still, you can evolve this technology to uh, in with, multiple fucking languages too. Well, and then you can take this technology and then incorporate uh, AI learning to where it goes through all of Vader with James Earl Jones and then learns how his cadences are when he says these things, and then. We just have a constant Vader. You do not understand the power of the dark side. Or AI. <laughs> but at that point, man. we are at that point. For them to hit that subscribe button right there, right above my head, is going to be the very best Purge Hangers and Wall Hangers video for you. And, of course, right above old, well, covering old man's head is... Every single Triforce podcast in a playlist. And, of course, our podcast does not end until we hear our main man, Connor, say... Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>